Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 311 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading John chapter 18 today and our focus is on how should we act when we are mistreated, abused, and falsely accused. And I gotta tell you, I'm excited about this episode, not because my flesh likes it, but because... uh, We are going to learn truth today that's very challenging to us, but also very good and very biblical and straight from the example of the master. So, are you more like Peter or more like Jesus? I suspect that most of us, myself included, are much more like Peter. I know I can relate to his many ups and downs and his failures, etc. And in John 18, we are going to see a pretty stark contrast between two different ways of dealing with injustice that affects us. Number one, the Jesus way, and number two, the Peter, or everybody else but Jesus way. So in this chapter, Jesus is going to be arrested and betrayed in uh, after a very dramatic scene in the Garden of Gethsemane. Judas leads the Roman soldiers to Jesus, and there is a confrontation. Initially, the disciples of Jesus stand with their master and possibly even try to protect him from this unrighteous, unjust, and unjustified arrest. I say try to protect him because of verse 10, which says, Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's servant, and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Now, I note here that Peter whacked a servant's ear off, not a soldier's ear. Was this because Peter was lashing out at the person nearest to himself, or was he just looking for an easy target, maybe one that wasn't a Roman soldier? Well, we have no idea. But immediately upon this happening, Jesus rebukes Peter for this act of defense and heals the servant. John 18 11 says, At that, Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword away. Am I not to drink the cup the Father has given me? Well, Luke records that Jesus also said to Peter, No more of this. And Matthew actually records even more, noting in verse 52, Jesus told him, Put your sword back in its place, because all who take up the sword will perish by the sword. You know, live by the sword, die by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot call on my father and he will provide me here and now with more than 12 legions of angels? How then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen this way? So I note that Peter drew his sword and attacked in the name of the worthiest cause anybody has ever had, the protection of the most innocent man who ever walked the face of the earth. And yet Jesus rebuked him for doing such a thing. Again, noting that all who take of the sword will perish by the sword. Now, that is worthy of our future consideration, but I want to focus for now not on the thing that Peter did, but on how Jesus responded to his arrest and the other terrible things that happened to him in this chapter. Matthew tells us that Jesus simply asked a question and then allowed himself to be arrested and tied up. Verse 55 of Matthew 26 says, Jesus said to the crowds, have you come out with swords and clubs as if I were a criminal to capture me? Every day I used to sit teaching in the temple and you didn't arrest me. But all this has happened so that the writings of the prophets would be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and ran away. I say he allowed himself to be arrested by the simple fact that he noted that he could call forth 
12 legions of angels to come and defend him. And knowing that one angel can easily take out more than 100,000 soldiers, as we see in the Old Testament, this would be more than enough to completely destroy all of the Roman legions many times over, much less the puny group that came to arrest Jesus. So Jesus had all power at his disposal to strike back and obliterate his enemies who were doing something incredibly unjust, and yet he did not use that power. Next, Jesus is interrogated by the high priest Annas and gives a very rational answer to a question, which causes one of the officials to slap the king of kings in the face. We read it in verse 22. When he had said these things, one of the officials standing by slapped Jesus, saying, Is this the way you answer the high priest? If I have spoken wrongly, Jesus answered him, give evidence about the wrong. But if rightly, why do you hit me? Then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now, I don't have a particular temper, but there is something about getting in the face, getting hit in the face that causes me to go pretty instantly from calm blue oceans to red hot fire. And I'm sure most people are kind of like this. How does Jesus respond to being unjustly slapped in the face? Well, he simply and calmly asks a question. One more indignity happens in this chapter, remembering that the whipping, beating, and crucifixion of Jesus happens in later chapters, and this indignity probably hurt many more than any of the others in this chapter because Peter, one of Jesus' closest friends on earth, utterly denies knowing him three times, despite Jesus warning Peter about this ahead of time. Not only does Peter deny Jesus in his greatest hour of need, Peter denies him by swearing and calling down curses on his own head. So he denies knowing Jesus in like the most obvious and loud and vulgar and complete a way as possible. And he does this in full view of Jesus. How would you respond if you were in your greatest hour of need, the biggest trouble of your life, and one of your best friends is so ashamed of you that they just utterly deny that they even know you? I would be heartbroken and disgusted and angry. What does Jesus do? Well, let's read about it. In Luke 22, 62 through 62, Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. In other words, the man said, did you know, do you know Jesus? And he says, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. Then the Lord turned and looked at Peter. So Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. What does Jesus do? He looks at Peter. That's it. He looked at him. What a marvel of gentleness, love, patience, and self-control. Just tonight, my family and I watched a great movie called End of the Spear, which is about the five missionaries that were killed in Ecuador in 1956. Jim Elliott, Ed McCulley, Roger Darian, Nate Saint, and Pete Fleming. These guys were killed by Wadoni tribesmen who only had wooden spears. The missionaries themselves had rifles and pistols and ammunition. Very easily, these five missionaries, all of them married, and I think all of them were fathers too, they could have saved their lives and caused the Wadoni tribesmen to run away If they had only shot, I don't know, one or two of them, why didn't they defend themselves? Why didn't they do this? They didn't deserve to die. They were trying to befriend the Wadoni. Ultimately, 
They did not defend themselves with deadly force because they were followers of their Lord and Master and model Jesus, who also laid down his life for those who killed him, even though he had the power to stop it with a word. Thus it is that Peter says in 1 Peter 1, 21-25, You were called to this because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He did not commit sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he did not insult in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but you have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So, how should you and I act when we are mistreated, abused, and falsely accused? Well, Peter just told us, just like Jesus did, our example, we are, quote, to follow in his steps. Well, let's read our passage in John. John chapter 18, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. After Jesus had said these things, he went out with his disciples across the Kidron Valley, where there was a garden, and he and his disciples went into it. Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, because Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas took a company of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and the Pharisees, and came there with lanterns, torches, and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing everything that was about to happen to him, went out and said to them, Who is it that you are seeking? Jesus of Nazareth, they answered. I am he, Jesus told them. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus told them, I am he, they stepped back and fell to the ground. Then he asked them again, Who is it that you're seeking? Jesus of Nazareth, they said. I told you, I am he, Jesus replied. So if you're looking for me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the words he had said. I have not lost one of those you have given me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it, struck the high priest's servant, and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. At that, Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword away. Am I not to drink the cup the Father has given me? Then the company of soldiers, the commander, and the Jewish officials arrested Jesus and tied him up. First they led him to Annas, since he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year. Caiaphas was the one who had advised the Jews that it would be better for one man to die for the people. Simon Peter was following Jesus, as was another disciple. That disciple was an acquaintance of the high priest, so he went with Jesus into the high priest's courtyard, but Peter remained standing outside by the door. So the other disciple, the one known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the girl who was the doorkeeper and brought Peter in. Then the servant girl, who was the doorkeeper, said to Peter, "'You aren't one of this man's disciples too, are you?' "'I am not,' he said." Now the servants and the officials had made a charcoal fire because it was cold. They were standing there warming themselves, and Peter was standing with them warming himself. The high priest questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. I have spoken openly to the world, Jesus answered him. I have always taught in the synagogue and in the temple where all the Jews gather, and I haven't spoken anything in secret. Why do you question me? Question those who heard what I told them. Look, they know what I said. When he had said these things, one of the officials standing by slapped Jesus, saying, Is this the way you answer the high priest? If I have spoken wrongly, Jesus answered him, give evidence about the wrong, but if rightly, why do you hit me? Then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter, 
was standing and warming himself, and they said to him, You aren't one of his disciples too, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, said, Didn't I see you with him in the garden? Peter denied it again. Immediately a rooster crowed. Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They did not enter the headquarters themselves, otherwise they would be defiled and unable to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and said, What charge do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man weren't a criminal, we wouldn't have handed him over to you. Pilate told them, You take him and judge him according to your law. It's not legal for us to put anyone to death, the Jews declared. They said this so that Jesus' words might be fulfilled, indicating what kind of death he was going to die. Then Pilate went back into the headquarters, summoned Jesus, and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Are you asking this on your own, or have others told you about me? I'm not a Jew, am I? Pilate replied. Your own nation and the high chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? My kingdom is not of this world, said Jesus. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I wouldn't be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. You are a king then? Pilate asked. You say that I'm a king, Jesus replied. I was born for this. I have come into the world for this, to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. What is truth? said Pilate. After he had said this, he went out to the Jews and told them, I find no grounds for charging him. You have a custom that I release one prisoner to you at the Passover, so do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They shouted back, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a revolutionary. Well, normally I say amen at the end of a chapter, but I'm not going to say amen to that. Well, maybe on second thought, the fact that they didn't release Barabbas was a good thing for all of us. So, amen. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. Let's close with our Bible verse of the month of November, the one we memorized together. Let's say it together. It's John 14, verse 6. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. Good day to you, friends. Happy Sunday and Godspeed.